Welcome to In Your Business with Michael Sayer, a production of CUI Wealth Management. In this episode, we interviewed Stephen Brown with Ledger Gurus. The discussion was based off of how to keep businesses strong during the COVID-19 pandemic, and more specifically, some of the loan options, as well as some of the potential opportunities during this time. Hope you enjoy. Hope you get something out of it. Stephen, why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah. So as you said, I'm the COO of Ledger Gurus. We do client accounting services, which is essentially outsourcing of the accounting functions of businesses. And we work with a lot of smaller businesses uh, in a range of about half a million to 10 million in revenue. We have some that are smaller, we have some that are bigger, but that's the, the size of client we work with. Stephen, do you mind telling us a little bit about your background? Yeah, so my wife and partner is the accountant and she had a vision to, she saw a need for small businesses were being underserved and with the introduction of so much cloud technology, she saw an opportunity to serve these clients without having to have an office and go on site with them and and so created an efficient model. I helped on the sidelines, my background, I have a degree in engineering, I have an MBA degree and spent most of my career before Ledger Gurus doing enterprise software with a focus on information security. And so I was helping Brittany on the side and the business just got bigger than she could do on her own. So we decided to go all in in 2016, quit my job with good benefits and salary. And we just said, we're going to go for it. And we've grown the business by almost seven X since that time. So we're just trying to help and serve as many customers as possible. Awesome. One thing that's always fascinated me about your business model is you're 100% remote worker. Yeah, we did it from day one. Brittany wanted a business that could integrate with life very fluidly. And um, we just kept on that model. I thought about changing it when I got involved full time. But after a few months, I realized like why split ourselves and have the office people and the, the remote people. And so it's allowed us to tap into a really great talent across the country. We're now operating in six states from a employee perspective. We can service customers anywhere. And um, so we're, we're really well suited to work in an all remote environment, which has kind of become the mainstream for everybody with the COVID-19 crisis that we're experiencing. Stephen, if you don't mind, can you tell us a little bit about Brittany's background and what got her started in the accounting side of things and really what got Ledger Gurus going? Her story is actually she was uh, became a single mom in her mid-20s and didn't have a, a degree to fall back on. So she went back to school, ended up getting a, a bachelor's and master's of accounting from BYU, did an internship in public accounting and realized that that just wasn't feasible with three young children. And so she ended up spending some time with a local Utah firm, Squire, um, in their advisory group, and then had an opportunity to go out and be a CFO for one of her customers, a part-time CFO. And, you know, just there was kind of a confluence of, of opportunity shortly thereafter where she went to a conference and just saw that, hey, there's this, there's this thing we can do, which is, you know, virtual accounting services that small businesses really need them. And it's just, it's just been a really awesome growth path. I think it's one of the, the hottest areas of accounting. I like to call it the new third pillar that it's emerging as the third pillar after tax and audit. 
that uh, client accounting services is is coming into play as that that third leg of the stool. Tell us a little bit about what drives your passion for the business. What gets you guys up in the morning and ready to go? You know, we have we kind of have a twofold mission to our customers and to our employees. And for our customers, we're very focused on smaller business. And we just feel like, you know, behind every small business is an owner or set of owners that are, you know, this is their their dream. This is their their hopes, their goals, just like Ledger Gurus is our dream. Um, and they're behind their dream is a lot of employees. And and we're just trying to make people's dreams and and aspirations of reality and help businesses employ people and grow because, you know, small business doesn't hire offshore employees are always going to be local. So when you're working with a small business, you're supporting your local community. And so we get really passionate about that. And we also get passionate about our employees and our ability to have really great professionals um, who can work in a flexible environment and how, how can we make them the most um, successful that they can be. So that that twofold mission, and you can't have one without the other, is 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 really what drives us is helping small businesses grow and succeed and be profitable, helping our employees have a, a rich career outside of a traditional office environment. And when we when we do both of those, it's it's very energizing. Stephen, do you mind sharing with us some of the effects you're seeing with small businesses from the COVID nineteen pandemic, being out on the front lines with businesses? Yeah, initially it was that transition to working at home and the disruptions that come with that, but it quickly changed to a income and capital crisis in that we've seen, you know, a lot of businesses, ourselves included, we've seen a drop in income, sometimes a significant drop. I'll give you I'll give you an example. We have a customer who does sporting goods. They have some affiliations with a a professional sporting league and when sports got shut down and everybody was at home their sales plummeted 90 percent and this is a multi-million dollar a year business totally viable but just in a product category there's just no activity going on right there and so that the shift has gone from hey how do we work in the, kind of a remote environment to like how do we keep businesses alive how do we keep people on the payrolls to make it through this, this transition period so that they can, they can live to fight another day. The challenge you find is a lot of small businesses don't have a lot of reserves. They don't have a lot on their balance sheet or their bank accounts for, to translate the balance sheet. And so they, they can't last very long without income. And so we've really been focusing on the loan programs that are coming out from the federal governments, from the state governments. And, and the biggest one is the paycheck protection program. I'd say the last week, or two have just been the PPP nonstop. Just how do we get people that money? How do we help them qualify and calculate those numbers? Let's switch gears for a second. I know you guys have put together a lot of resources for the COVID-19 pandemic. So do you mind telling us a little bit about some of these resources? Yeah. So the page, if you just go to ledgergoos.com slash COVID-19, it started out kind of just putting resources on a page and so it was you know remote work resources um, tools and then we started getting really deep into the lending programs and any sort of um, financial tools that could help people and now we're focused on three main loans which is the paycheck protection program 
the Economic Injury Disaster Loan, and the SBA Express Bridge Loan. So those other resources are still there, and, but it was just, we we're just kind of like just throwing so much information. And now we're focused, really narrowed that focus, not to say that those other resources aren't valid, but now our focus is narrowed on how do we get capital to customers? And those three federal loan programs are the, the ones of highest value with the PPP being the most urgent one right now. Steven, I agree. I think you hit the nail on the head on that. I think a lot of it comes down to capital. So do you mind telling us a little bit about some of the loans out there that are available and how they're different and how they may be applicable to some of the businesses out there? There's a number of state and local loans. They tend to be smaller. They tend to be emergency loans. And that's uh, sometimes where you get a get a start, especially if you're a really small business. $10,000 can go a really long way. And those were the programs that got rolled out first. And we'd still say, hey, look at those programs. But a lot of the money coming out of those programs don't go far enough. So you start there. Then you look at the SBA's programs. And there's the Express Bridge Loan, which is a bigger loan program. And this is more of a traditional loan where you're going to have to look at collateral and qualification. It's a more rigorous process. But it's a good process if you don't have a good line of capital. The other one is the EIDL, Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program. This was designed for you know per post-natural disasters like hurricanes, and, and it was required that you were in a disaster zone. Well, the entire United States is declared a disaster. So anywhere you live, you can qualify for an EIDL, and that's, that's designed to get up to $25,000 and with a, a quick $10,000 advance. So it's something to keep you alive. But the one that we're putting all of our focus on right now is the Paycheck Protection Program. And this came out of the CARES Act, which was passed last week, the, the very beginning of April. And that act had over $2 trillion worth of programs. The big one was the PPP, at least the big one for small business. And the thing that's cool about this is you can get a loan up to 2.5 times your average payroll and if you apply it towards primarily payroll, as well as rent or mortgage interest or utilities, you can get a big chunk of that money essentially forgiven over an, uh, as, as much as you spend that over an eight-week period. And so for a lot of businesses, this becomes a, more of a grant. And then anything that's left over is a very low-cost two-year 1% interest loan. The thing that's exciting about the PPP is it means people are gonna stay on payroll, they're gonna be able to stay employed, continue to receive benefits. And it, it means that businesses, if we can come out of this at a reasonably reasonable time frame, they can ramp back up very quickly because they'll still have their staff, people will still have their jobs. So it's a really great program. And hopefully as we get to the end of this eight week period, businesses will be able to do more business and the buffer that this program provides will make it easier for everybody. So right now, if someone wants to get a PPP loan, is that available? It's been a struggle. The, the program launched on April 3rd, last Friday, and it's been really rough. We've seen a lot of lenders that have not come online We've seen other lenders that opened up and shut down really quickly, some of the bigger banks. 
Um, and there's been a lot of frustration that it feels like they're playing favorites and just picking their favorite clients instead of opening it up broadly. So we're still in the early days of this and it's, it's been, it's been frustrating. The challenge is there's a lot of businesses that need money so desperately. They just cannot sell product right now. And so they need money to stay afloat and, you know, stay viable. And so this is, this has been the struggle is finding a lender that's willing to move and give, get you funds. So it sounds like the PPP is made for like the midsize companies that have payroll that needs to be taken care of. Is that accurate? Well, that's how it's being executed by some of the bigger banks, but it's, that wasn't the design. The, the paycheck protection program was designed for any small business of 500 employees and less, including self-employed uh, individuals and independent contractors. And so it was really designed to allow anybody to, to participate. But what the banks have ended up doing is kind of playing favorites in a lot of cases. The banks that we're hearing the most success from are the smaller banks. They are, they've been a little bit more willing to work with, with smaller companies and try and move quickly. I'm hopeful that this will get resolved over the next few days to week because we, time is of the essence. But right out the gate, it's been, it's, it's, it's been frustrating because we're not seeing what the program was intended for. Got it. What about those businesses that just started up, say, like at the beginning of the year? I, I know a couple businesses that just got started, uh, you know, January or February timeframe. So what about those types of businesses? So the PPP is, is for a business that started before February 15th, 2020. You can still qualify. The big question for brand new businesses is, did you have enough payroll that you can get a decent loan? And then are you going to use that loan towards payroll? Cause it's really for the name, for the name of the, the program, it's for paychecks. It's to keep your staff employed. If you're a smaller business and don't have a lot of payroll or you're brand new and don't have a lot of business and a lot of payroll, it may not be the best program. The economic impact disaster loan could be a good um, loan in that situation. The SBA Express Bridge Loan could be a good option. The challenges there, especially the SBA Express Bridge Loan, is there's more rigor around um, those, those other two programs. So it could take a little bit more time to get it up and running. Got it. Um, what are your thoughts about companies that when everything kind of hit, they had to make some big drastic decisions and they may have done a whole bunch of, you know, layoffs or, or things like that. I mean, any thoughts on that businesses in those type of situations? So the paycheck protection program actually allows and encourages and even requires for you to bring people back onto payroll if you want to get that loan forgiven. So if you had to lay off a lot of staff, that is the program that will allow you to bring them back the question that you have to, to take from there is like, okay, you have eight weeks of a forgivable loan. And I've had some customers say, well, what are we supposed to do with these people? You know, in some cases they have, they have no work. And my thoughts are, Hey, you've got an opportunity to pay your team who knows your business really well 
let's figure out how to reinvent ourselves. Like let's find new revenue opportunities. Let's, let's come up with some new approaches to doing our business. And I think that's pretty exciting because how often do you have two months where you're not slogging away, trying to service your customers. If you really have no income, but you have the ability to keep your staff employed, it's a great opportunity to try and reinvent yourself. And, and hopefully some great things will come out of that. You got to be thoughtful. Don't just grab the loan and say, here you go. Here's your paycheck. Have fun at home. It's like, this is an opportunity to be strategic. This is an opportunity to be really focused on, on do something, doing something new, creating new revenue streams and, and trying to adapt and change to the, the new climate. And hopefully what you create will be useful as we come out of this. Yeah. I like that a lot. I think, I think that uh, just like any struggle, I, I feel like businesses and individuals can really come out of this um, a lot stronger and in a, just like any other struggle, right? You can, you can have a lot of growth if you have the right tools and you, and you think about things. Now, obviously there's some things that are out of our control and obviously this is not a good thing, right? That's come across, across the nation, but I think that's a great way to look at it, at the opportunities to, you know, make some changes that could impact the business for the better in the long run. Yeah. I mean, I'll give you a good example. I have a, we have a customer who's a gym, a brand new gym. And obviously they can't do, you know, have people coming into the gym because of the social restrictions. And so, you know, they're thinking, well, Hey, you know, maybe we can have our trainers come up with some virtual training options, which I think is fantastic. Right. Because we're all sitting around at home on zoom meetings and calls and heavens knows we, we need more exercise. So if they could come up with a way that could help us at home stay in better shape and do it in a way that we can do it without, you know, where we don't have the gyms, that's a, that's a great example of a way to adapt. And, and after they come out of social distancing, who knows, that could be just a completely separate revenue stream for them in addition to having people come into the gym. So that's a good example of, of how they may come out stronger. And, and that's the thing is we got to give – businesses the chance to survive to adapt and hopefully we'll we'll all be stronger because of it but there's going to be a lot of hardship along this this journey even with some of these programs yeah i agree you know this is one of those things that even if things turn a corner real quick it may take a little bit of time for people to adapt and and get back to a normal pace so what are some of the other big opportunities that you can see for businesses in, in this type of situation? What are some of the things that you think are good for them to consider and to think about? You know, one of the things that we're talking to our customers is, you know, the importance of, of really understanding your business from a financial perspective. We've always preached that, but now it's like, we're kind of like, yeah, you know what we said, this is really critical. So really understanding your, your, your business model, understanding your, you know, the financial dynamics that you have and making sure that you, you dial that in. Uh, the, the challenge we win is we went from a complete growth market and, and the, the switch flipped to the, one of the most ugly markets and ugly experiences we've ever seen, at least in our lifetimes. And so you've had to change from kind of a growth mindset to best case, a, a sustainable mindset and sometimes a, a survival mindset. 
there are some businesses out there out there that are also capitalizing. You know, there's a lot of online sellers who we work with. If they're selling the right product category, they're doing phenomenal. But I'd say mo a lot of people are struggling a little bit and some a lot of bit. And I think some industries, you know, you look at restaurants, you look at like travel and tourism, they're getting destroyed. And that's, those are tough ones. Those are the ones that you really just make you cry because you got people that have got their hearts into these businesses and there's, it's a real struggle to, to adapt. But yeah, I mean, right now, if your business isn't in, in total survival mode, maybe you're down 10, 20, 30% in, in income, you got to get dialed in, get really, in, you know, time to be operational and, and, and really financially focused. And that's something that a lot of founders and small business owners don't really do. They shoot from the gut, but it's time to get disciplined and, and, and learn to really understand how your business works and, and dial it in. So Stephen, tell me about your thoughts regarding business moving forward. Yeah, so I think this this crisis is is coming in waves and phases. You know, with the first wave was the how do we work remotely? The second wave is how do we get capital to survive? The third wave is going to be how do we use that capital wisely? And then there's probably going to be another fourth or fifth wave, depending on how long and how deep this impact is. But I don't think we're going to flip a switch and, and go back to normal. You know, if you listen to the experts, if social distancing will probably ease up, but it doesn't sound like we're going to go back to everything is normal for a while until we can get a good vaccine for the, for the coronavirus, uh, COVID-19. And so as you look at moving beyond how do we survive this, this really intense period, you're going to probably have a period of slower economic growth and recovery, right? We're going to be going through recovery phase. So you've got to kind of shift those gears and say, well, okay, we'll get out of social distancing, but are we going to be, you know, just guns blazing? I, you know, there's, there's different opinions, but I, everything I read and see is it's going to be, it's going to take some time to recover. And so you've got you've to go have that mindset of what does this mean if we still have some restrictions, you know, what happens if, you know, we can go out, but we're restricted to smaller gatherings, what happens if there's quarantines that still get put into place periodically, and what happens if we have segments of the, the broader economy that are still shut down, because I still think about like travel and tourism, those are going to be probably the slowest to come online. And as long as we have a segment that's really shut down, it's still going to impact us all. So we've got to, we've got to assume that the recovery isn't going to be as quick as the restrictions were, that it's probably going to be a, a gradual recovery. And how do we adapt and adjust alongside of that? Well, another thing that uh, I was thinking about the other day too is say we have a, a recovery and it's kind of like, you know, we have the flu season that comes around and, and, you know, what if we have kind of another wave and even if we have a vaccine and all of that, it's plausible to think that we could be impacted again, probably not as hard because we, we've been through this um, and we'll hopefully have other tools to help us out at that point. But it, it is possible that uh, we could have another hit like this. And I, I don't know, I'm not trying to be doomsday or anything, but you know, there's, something to consider as well the long term yeah i mean you you've you hear some experts say this could be seasonal right so it it could go away in the summer 
possibly, we hope. But maybe it'll come back in the fall and the winter. And so if we do get a, a breather, time to really, you know, you know, don't throw away all the learnings and the, the operating efficiencies that you developed during this difficult time frame. Like really be prepared to use that, that strategy again if things come, uh, go bad again. And, and to your point, hopefully we'll have better tools and options so we don't have to lock down society so hard but even with any limited lockdown, it's going gonna, it's gonna to impair our economy. One thing that really has drawn me to work with businesses personally is I love the grittiness that people have to build something even when there's all these obstacles that are going about. And I think this is really a good time for businesses to, to hunker down and really bring on that grit that brought them to, to where they're at right now. Yeah, I totally agree with that. It's kind of like we're all starting over again. And so we've, you know, a lot of us that are founders or business owners, we had to start at some point. It's just kind of a new start. It's it's harder because we've got a lot more obligations. We have a lot more spending commitment than we did at the very beginning of our businesses. But, you know, if it's been a while, just go back in that place in your head where you were when you started and say, hey, this I got to get in that mindset again. I got to get scrappy got to get smart and then just hustle again. Steven, any closing remarks you want to add to this conversation before we close things up? Just, just be strong, right? Like this is a tough time and people are struggling. And if you're a, if you're a business owner, like, you know, it's a time to be strong, to be honest, but strong for your people and just do the best to, to support them as they're struggling. And, and, pray that we get through this quickly. <laughs> Steven, thanks again for joining us. I appreciate all your comments. Hopefully we can have you on this podcast again in the future. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Woodbury Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC, a registered investment advisor. Insurance offered through CUI Wealth Management. CUI Wealth Management, LLC, and Woodbury Financial Services, Inc. are not affiliated entities. Stephen Brown and Ledger Gurus are not affiliated with CUI Wealth Management. CUI Wealth Management is located at 5965 South, 900 East, Suite 150, Salt Lake City, Utah, 84121.